Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Today we are joined by author, journalist and screenwriter Radhika Sangani. Her latest novel, I Wish We Weren't Related, explores family, loss and self-confidence and we'll be discussing it with no spoilers here today. Radhika, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I'm actually slightly concerned to introduce you to my best friend, Lauren, because I figured out that you're both yoga teachers in your spare time. So I feel like you're going to really bond and I'm going to lose my friend. But welcome. Thank you so much. And I love that. We've got, I've actually got lots of questions uh, for you on that topic later, Radhika. So um, before we get into the bit that I'm very interested to hear about, can we start um, by other than knowing that your book is pink and green, which we absolutely bloody love <laughs> and we're here for, um, can you please tell our listeners what your latest book, I Wish We Weren't Related, is all about? Of course. So it's basically about a very messy family. It's all about my heroine, Reva Meta, And she is kind of like struggling with all the normal things people struggle with, like a new relationship, work stuff. She's not speaking to her two sisters. Um, and then she gets a phone call from like her awful mother telling her that their dad just died. And she thought he died when they were kids. And nope, he's just died. Mm. And in his last wishes, she has to spend two weeks um, with her sisters who she doesn't speak to at his house doing the like Hindi funeral prayers and going through his stuff. So it's kind of a story, I guess, about family, sisterhood, life healing and also figuring out a big family secret yeah and it is fab and so I've got four sisters Mm. and I love being a sister and we're all really close so to then read a book about sisters that didn't get on like my heart broke at Jaya's betrayal of Reva I was just like oh my god this is awful and so I wondered do you have a big family and then also have they read it what what did they make of the book (laughs) It's funny because I actually don't have sisters. I have a younger brother. And yeah, oh, I just. So really, it's safe to write about this. You're fine. It's safe. No one's <laughs> going to think it's them. Um, but I feel like I've always had really close girlfriends and I went to an all girls school. So I feel like I can kind of ah, understand okay. the dynamics of really yeah. close friendships. And the thing I love about these sisters is even though they don't get along and there's major drama, like I just love that with people you're that close to, you can just be so unboundaried. And it's so not okay. Like the things yeah. they say. Yeah. Well, and also just walking in when one of them's naked in the bath, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is sister. <laughs> and that's what we do at school. Like it just, yeah, you just walk in on someone in the loo. It just didn't matter. Yeah. Um, but I think also there's that knowing they love each other, right? Like it, there's there's that love, and that, I think that's what I'm trying to say with this. this mm. book. Like, obviously, the title "I Wish We Weren't Related" is <laughs> provocative. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good word for it. Um, but I think I'm just trying to say that, you know, like families are messy, but when there's loads of love, like that's kind of the most important thing, even if there's, you know, dramas and betrayals and annoying moments, like for me, the love is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And drama is the perfect word mm. because there is just so much drama to the point that I know this is your, um, you've there was no precursor to this book but with um Jaya's 
I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Jaya sleeps with um, her sister's boyfriend and they end up being in a relationship, which I was so here for. And like the little scene where it was like a flashback to the wedding where they got together, part of me was like, when's this book coming out? <laughs> I want to know about how this all unfolded because this is this is juicy. <laughs> to be honest, I actually loved writing that scene as well and I got really into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also love to read the mum's memoir. I think I that would be great. Yes, great I actually really love writing kind of like slightly mean narcissist, narcissistic mums. I just think <laughs> I just think it's so fun. I think also because for so long when I was reading novels, mums were always these really warm, comfortable, com- mm. like gentle figures. And I've just always thought, but what about the other mums that aren't being represented? The kind of slightly yeah. selfish, awful ones. Let's <laughs> get some diversity of yeah. mothering perspectives in. Yeah. Here. Thank you. Um, so you've, you've said you've got, you sort of like the narcissistic mother, the, the, big drama and feud that's happened between the sisters and because there is there there are three of them they all sort of they you know they take sides really in in the feud um but then we've got this um character of Satya auntie who is sort of a newly inherited auntie really that they didn't really know about um and she sort of introduces this theme of things falling apart and there was a moment in the book where Satya auntie sort of smiles to Reva and tells her that you know it's when like Reva has explained to her how her life is just going up in flames essentially and Reva uh, and Satya auntie just says like it's when things fall apart that growth can happen and that's something that I wholeheartedly believe in to the point that if somebody is going through like such an awful time in their life a little part of me of me is quite excited for them because there's <laughs> you can only go up from here it's mm. only going to get better um can you talk a little bit more about how you explored that theme within the book yeah of course um firstly like thank you for picking that bit out because I love I love that as a concept as well and it's something I've kind of found personally and I think I first discovered that it's like very much a Buddhist belief a lot of what Satyanti says and I really got into that when I had a breakup once and felt like my world was falling apart <laughs> and I needed that like I needed to know this is for yes. something better like something yeah. will come of this um and I think that's kind of why I really put that all in and I guess in the book, like one of the things I haven't said is that Reva's got alopecia, um, like her hair is falling out. And yeah, I won't talk more about the, her journey because that will be a spoiler, but you know, that's something she's dealing with. And mm. I had that once, a slightly different version to Reva, um, yeah. but I had it and I really wanted to write about it because I just don't think anybody talks about this stuff. Yeah. And I feel like that was also a real symbol. Like her hair is literally falling out. Yeah, It's like, you know, what will grow back? Like it was a really exactly representation. It's like that phrase, isn't it? That you're so stressed that you're you're pulling your hair out. Yeah. And um, and and you just sort of re- you really feel for her because she's going through such a traumatic time in her life, and she's clearly not recovered from something that's happened a long time ago, and it's sort of just spiraling and spiraling. Yeah, exactly. And um, it reminds me of Maya Angelou she once said that even when you're on your knees crying and everything's awful like say thank you because something better is coming like there is a rainbow in these clouds and I was like okay if Maya Angelou can do that like (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh yeah, I um, I loved her as a character, and I was almost sad that like she came into their life so late because mm. I was like, oh, imagine if she'd been here yeah. earlier. But everything happens for a reason, so I'm also like very much on that. <laughs> nope, she had to enter their life now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, actually, you just mentioned that you know throughout the book, there's quite a few Buddhist philosophies shared um, through this character. And I'd just love to like give you the floor to like talk a bit more about it because I, I think it's quite clear that that's something that you maybe find comfort in and it's something that the characters definitely get on board with. And, you know, was that something you wanted to do from the offset or did that just naturally happen as you were writing this book? So I think that it's this stuff is just such a big part of my life. Like I definitely am quite a spiritual person and these all spiritual messages kind of help me in so many ways that I think when I write, they just end up coming out whether I want them to or not, like whether it's right. planned or not. Um, and what I really love reading is, is when a character goes on a journey and has some kind of growth or development. Like if a character is just passive the whole way in a book, I can't cope. Like I guess <laughs> I'm like, just grow, change. <laughs> so I need my characters to grow. And then often like, you know, as much as I want them to grow externally and like, you know, whatever, I like reading about in books when a character gets that job or like manages to make that thing happen it's exciting but I yeah. also think the more long-lasting stuff is when they can go inwards and shift something inside and like get rid of a belief they've been holding on to that's not true hmm. or yeah just come to that place of acceptance and remembering that the we can't control the external stuff in the same way that's what's never that's never going to make us happy in the way that an internal thing can yeah. so I guess yeah thing is when you find that inner peace in some way then you can cope when life falls apart on the outside it's when you are so attached to every single thing in your external life being good that you're going to be constantly stressed like constantly up and down yeah yeah agreed and I really hope that that everybody listening and maybe if they're going through a breakup or a really difficult mm -hmm. time then this is a book that they can reach for because there's there's lots of moments of humor and you know it's got a really compelling storyline that you're you are engrossed by and you want to follow along with but there is that subtle those subtle undertones as well of just just hold on because something better is coming um is that something that you learnt or sort of came to learn through your yoga teacher training and mm. I've seen that you also work with Age UK as well to fight loneliness against women and so you've got all these lovely strings to your bow so <laughs> what is it just like you've reached this point where you're like okay I've learned this from here and this from here and now I want to write about it in this in these yeah. um little beautiful worlds no that's massively that I think like for so long I felt I don't know, I think I have quite a narrow view on life, just like learnt from school, parents, friends, I don't know, just TV even, just the sense that I wanted to like pick a career, do well, really well in that career, mm -hmm. and that would be that, and like have a relationship and that's life. Um, and then as things fall apart, as I grew older, I was like, actually, there's so much more space. I want to do so many different things. Yeah. And, like, I was working for a newspaper for most of my 20s um, as like a full-time journalist and actually now I only do a little bit of journalism I spend so much time writing novels and doing the yoga teaching and public speaking and the loneliness stuff and script writing and like so many different things I and I guess what I've realized is like life is bigger than what I thought it was and all of these things have taught me different different things and yeah the yoga's reminded me that 
I don't know, I guess it's like how important it is to sync the body and the mind and kind of like make yoga a way of life, not just an exercise. Mm, definitely. I think that's something I can really relate to as well. And just on the topic of loneliness, mm. I think there's a lot of conversation around like loneliness in men. Um, but what about loneliness in women? I know that's something that you're a really big advocate of and you and you work with Age UK on. Um, and there are, you know, Reva is, she's quite lonely, really, because she's lost a huge part of her family through this, um, you know, feud. And she's lost, she lost her 10 year relationship and her sisters and she's, yeah. she's not left with much else. Um, do, do you think loneliness in women is something that we need to spend more time raising awareness of? Yeah, definitely. I just think loneliness is like, kind of part of the human condition in a way mm. we're all going to experience it at some point and yet we're also embarrassed to talk about it and I guess that's what I would like to see change firstly for people to just talk about feeling a bit lonely in the way that they might talk about feeling a bit tired or a bit hungry like it's just such a normal emotion yeah. um and then obviously if it's like chronic loneliness and you're feeling it all the time then you want to do something about it um but I think it's like two strands you know like one of them is the taking action and like you know joining more whatever clubs and for me a big thing of trying to make new friends was like speaking to people <laughs> sounds like shock breaking news <laughs> Fake friends. But, you know like at the end of a yoga class I wouldn't just grab my stuff and go I'd like stay and be you know just say like oh you know are you new here or whatever just talk to people and then that slowly makes friendships so it's the taking action and doing stuff which we know about but for me there's a second le level to loneliness which is like Sometimes for me, when I'm really, really lonely, I don't just want to go out and make new friends and fix it externally. I need to go internally and I need to like hang out with myself. Hmm. And sometimes I feel lonely when I'm not able to connect with me because I think of loneliness as disconnect. So whether that's disconnect from friends or partners or whatever in your life or disconnect from you. Um, mm. Like there's two things, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. And I think that definitely is, you can see that in Reba because yeah. she kind of shuts herself off from her sisters yeah. she thinks she's really lonely but actually as soon as she spends time with them she actually just is like oh, I need to, I need some time by myself <laughs> but even then it's not time by herself because she's so stressed clearly that her hair is falling out and that yeah. she's like clearly so unhappy by herself I mean her cat doesn't even want to spend time with her <laughs> <laughs> oh my god poor Reva <laughs> I'm like this poor character <laughs> but we loved her yeah. um and whilst we're on this you know looking inwards discussion I'd love to chat a little bit about um 30 things I love about myself which was your previous book which I just adored and um, at the time I when I read it I chatted about it on the podcast with Lauren and she tasked me with listing things I loved about myself and it was really fucking hard <laughs> I was like oh no that makes me sound really big-headed like really couldn't do it um, and I know that also you founded the hashtag side profile selfie, um, which I love. And so I just wondered if you could chat a bit about it for our listeners slash me who like clearly needs the help <laughs> asking for a friend. Like that book means so much to me because yeah, it was, I think it's kind of the book I, I have needed to read at various points in my life. Mm. That's kind of why I wrote it. Yeah. It's just a book about a character going on a self-love journey and she realizes she cannot write 30 things she loves about herself. She can barely write a few. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she has to try and things start to shift in her life. And 
I guess self-love is just really important to me. And I think the thing about self-love is the phrase just sounds so like... Icky, isn't it? So, and there's just like nothing to it. It just sounds a bit yeah. a bit like it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. So I, I try and think of it as like not abandoning myself. Like when I think about all the times I haven't loved myself, I've been abandoning myself, right? I've been like thinking I'm less than I am. I've been trying to make myself seem smaller to, to be modest, you know, mm. like hiding, minimizing my achievements or who I am. Or I've been like pretending to be cooler than I am to impress some guy. Like that's not self-love, that's abandoning myself. So for me, self-love is the opposite of that. It's knowing my worth, it's knowing who I am and being proud of me, like accepting yeah, I think knowing my worth, that's kind of a phrase I come back to a lot. Mm, yeah. That's not yeah. Head of, I'm not saying my worth is better than your worth. I'm just saying I know my worth. Yeah. My friend once got me a card that said, and the cover, it said, know your worth, then add tax. And I was like, yeah. I fucking love this. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if, if not too personal to ask, I wonder, because you said that you had alope- a form of alopecia yourself. Did that kind of come around the same time that you had to learn self-love to be honest I feel like self-love is a permanent journey the self-love I first started that journey at 27 and then the alopecia came at 30 um I'm 33 now yeah so, so beginning of your Saturn return yeah so. I know. it literally was I was like that's what Saturn wants me to look at like a ball patch I actually used to joke to my friends like look I've got a mini Saturn on my head <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was hard. Thank God that has healed. But um, I think- yeah, that's amazing that it has. Yeah. We, we've got a friend who's got alopecia and it's at least it's I mean, it's not great, but he is a guy. So, you know, I know that it must be so much worse if you're a woman, but he loved his hair. And so mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's and I don't know that, you know, it's incurable, the condition, isn't it? They basically just say they don't know why you get it and they don't know how yeah. to get rid of it. It's just like a luck thing if it yeah. clears up, it doesn't. Yeah. So it's scary because there's zero control. Yeah. Um, but that forced me to take my self-love to a deeper level. So right, I guess yeah. my thing with self-love is it's a permanent journey and there are layers, there are levels. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I loved myself when I turned 30 and that book came out, right? Yeah. yeah. Or whenever I when I when it was about, you know, when I got a big deal for it, it was that year. Um and then the, the alopecia happened and I was like, I don't love myself when I don't <laughs> have hair. Like what? <laughs> and it forced this. I just think life, what we were talking about earlier, the falling apart, mm. every time something falls apart, whether it's like a minor rejection or like a big, you know, losing a job, losing a relationship, it just forces you to take the self-love to a deeper level and be like, I am still worthy. I still love myself, even without this massive thing that was giving me so much validation. Mm. And you just turn it into a book. Yeah. <laughs> Silver linings. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to use this stuff though because otherwise I'm like it's just a way of processing I think as well like you you know my books aren't just my life but I definitely put bits of myself into them as a way to process yeah and why not especially if like you say you hadn't really read about alopecia before and you know Mm. like commercial fiction or whatever then you get to do that for other people exactly and like you like how you both said you know someone who has it everyone I tell about alopecia says that to me or they (laughs) have themselves but I, n- I feel like no one ever talks about this talks stuff. About it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what is the hashtag side profile selfie then? Okay, so that's something I set up um, 
probably around when I was 27 and started this whole journey um, about celebrating big noses because I have a big nose and I for probably for most of my life would have died saying that out loud. Like I didn't want people to notice, even though it's literally on my face. <laughs> um, and I always felt like having a big nose just made me less attractive. Like that was a fact. Like in our society, you're only seen as like pretty if you have a small nose. Um, and then all these body positivity movements were happening and there just wasn't one about noses. And I was waiting and waiting. And then one day I was like, I'm just gonna have to do it myself. <laughs> I really didn't want to. Like I didn't actually love my nose yet at that point, but I wanted to. Right. Yeah. Launched this hashtag and it went viral, which was amazing because it meant that all these other people around the world and a lot of women shared side profile selfies of their noses. And I could see that all of them were beautiful. So I was like, mm. okay, if they're beautiful and they've got a big nose, then maybe I can be too. Yeah. And it really, I feel like we all helped each other on that journey. I love that. I think yeah. it's so it's funny, isn't it? Because you think your hangups are exclusive to you and you're the only person who ex- who experiences these insecurities or, as you say, things that validate us or won't validate us until that thing is fixed. But it's movements like that and, and books like this that make you realize, oh, hold on a minute, I'm really not unique in this journey, in this story. And like the only person who gives a shit is me. <laughs> it's so true and I think that links to the loneliness thing as well right like when we think we're the only one with a particular insecurity that can feel really lonely but when you remember that other people have it too and you I don't know see yourself reflected in a character in a book or you hear us talking about it now on this podcast it's like okay I'm not alone yeah (laughs) and it eases a bit of loneliness as well yeah so just changing track slightly um but also not because I'm very clearly interested in your whole um (laughs) career history to date so another question um I've seen that you were or read that you were part of the BBC 2020 writers room graduate program what was that like that sounds great it was really cool so that was the screenwriting and uh, yeah they kind of they pick some writers to I don't, I don't really have to explain it I guess to like I guess it's like new talent is how they they bill it and the idea is they help you kind of figure out could I be a screenwriter what does that look like how do you do it and it's like I think like thousands of people apply and they only pick a few so even just wow. being chosen, I was so happy because <laughs> yeah. I was new to screenwriting and it really validated it it was like because you send in a script to try and get it oh, brilliant. Okay, if they like this then this means this is real like I can actually consider this as a career yeah um and because of that I've now like had some scripts of mine on tv Mallory Towers Mallory Towers I love Mallory Towers and I saw you on Instagram and I was like oh my god this is exciting (laughs) I love that you love it I never saw myself you know like before I applied for that program in 2020 I never knew I'd be writing like episodes for a kids tv program (laughs) like what like I'd never done anything for kids in my life but that like applying for that program and then I got an opportunity to apply for a kids thing and only because it was Enid Blyton was I like you know what I read her as a kid I'm gonna apply yeah otherwise I wouldn't have and then yeah Yeah. I've written a few episodes for that series I've got my own stuff in development but you know who knows where it will go it's exciting but yeah oh my gosh that is really exciting congratulations (laughs) yeah um 
And I want to ask what's next, but I always feel a little bit greedy for asking this question as well, because obviously you've just launched a very significant new book that's not even out yet, hasn't even been published yet. (laughs) And here we are being like, right, go on then, what's next? (laughs) On to the next thing, which is not very yogic of me, uh, but also what's next? (laughs) I love that. Um, What's next is, so actually, funnily enough, like kid stuff, um, because when I wrote Mallory's for Mallory Towers, I was like, oh, I like writing for kids. And I never thought I could because I don't have any kids. So I just assumed you can only write for kids when you yeah. have <laughs> Turns out you can write for them at any point. <laughs> Mind blowing. Um, and yes, yeah, so I'm actually writing a kid's book now for like sort of 12 year olds. And I'm writing a young adult book. Amazing. And I, I have an idea for an adult book. So I still want to do adults. Yeah. But yeah, I'm kind of just letting it flow. And these ideas have come to me. So yeah that's what I'm working on now I think that's great because I think young people would really benefit from the messages of your adult books like so why not let's start the self-love journey at 12 not 27 yeah that's amazing that's exactly it I think like it wasn't a conscious decision but now Mm. I started writing them I'm like yes this is good because as you can tell I always like to put some kind of self-growth self-love message in my books so I'm like at least yeah get them young yeah yeah and save people years worth of therapy bills (laughs) or yoga teacher training bills (laughs) well that would be great I mean you just mentioned that when you were young you read Enid Blyton and a question that we always like to ask um authors when they come on the podcast is if they can give our listeners a book reco and this can be like your all-time favorite book but it could also just be like a recent one that you've loved so have a little think (laughs) I'm going to suggest a book I've read quite a few times which is called Free Food for Millionaires Um, and it's by I can see I think it's on my shelf I think I can see Min Jin Lee Um, she also wrote a book called Pachinko that like was quite famous a few years ago but this book Free Food for Millionaires it's about like a girl who is um, yeah like kind of dealing with like mixed like, like with identity stuff and Asian go trying to get into heart like I think she's a Harvard graduate and it's like just I am not a Harvard graduate but for some reason I felt like I could relate on every level to this <laughs> journey and just like being in her 20s and being a bit confused anyway I loved it and that's my recommendation fantastic nice. well, so it's fiction that. it's fiction yeah. Mm. yeah it's really big which I think is great if you love a book and it's huge I'm like oh I get to hang out with these characters for longer yeah well Pachinko's a pretty chunky book right yeah also pretty chunky yeah yeah okay thank you that sounds like because I'm well I haven't read it but it's on my I have this list of books that I will buy when I see them in a charity shop and I and I relegated this to that list which means I haven't read it because I haven't found it um but I'm really excited to read it is it historical fiction no it's so okay it's so contemporary I probably read it it's been out for a long time like yeah when I was in my 20s going through same stuff okay Um, but it's such a different style to Pachinko. When I read Pachinko, I was like, wait, she's written this too? Like, how does a woman have so many Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, wicked. Thanks for that. That's a great reco. <laughs> um, and thank you for joining us. Um, so this episode is going to go out the day before publication day. So really, when people get listening to it, they can buy it, your book immediately, which is um, I Wish We Weren't Related. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Radhika. Thank you. It's been so lovely. today's episode like subscribe leave a rating and review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to us and don't forget
don't forget to share our podcast with your reading buddy because they might like to listen as well. And if you don't already, then follow us on Instagram at Book Recos for, funnily enough, more book recommendations. See you next week. We'll be here.